Tonight, if you are new with us tonight and um, our visitor, we have been going through a series called Gospel-Based Mission, or Gospel-Based Family. Whoops, my bad. Um, so for those who um, aren't normally here, uh, I'm just going to kind of give a quick summary of what we've been talking about. Um, and for those who have been consistently coming and have been um, joining us for our study of Gospel-Based Family, but you've missed a couple of lessons, I encourage you, please go back to the podcast. Uh, you can find them on, the, on our website and on the weekly emails that I send out to you and your parents. There's a link there for past um, lessons. Um, but just to kind of give a quick summary of where we've been, so tonight makes sense. We started this series talking about child-to-parent relationships. We talked about what it looks like to obey our parents, why it's important to obey, obey our parents. That was the first two lessons that we had. Uh, we had a parent workshop and a student workshop. Student workshop, if you remember, was last Sunday. We talked about how to allow our parents to parent us with the gospel. And then um, the second half of this teaching series is focusing more on child-to-child relationships and how we can love our family well and what the Bible has to say about how we should interact with not only our siblings, but our relatives and parents in general. And so our first lesson in this part of the series was how to love in a gospel way. We looked at 1 Corinthians 13. And then tonight is our second part of how to love our family well. Um, basically, how to love your siblings well and your parents well in general. And we're going to be talking about what it looks like um, to serve with humility. So tonight is loving your family part two, how to serve with humility. Now, to start off tonight's lesson, I want to tell two stories of serving, and I want you to tell me which one shows serving with humility. First story, um, when I was growing up, I was asked by my grandma to do some chores for her, to mow the lawn, to maybe weed eat a little bit, um, to clean her house, to help her with household chores, and she was getting older, she couldn't do by herself, and she needed some assistance. Now knowing that my grandma was going to ask me to do this, knowing that she was going to pay me um, for doing this, and knowing that I was going to be able to um, enjoy some fresh-baked cookies after helping her with chores um, incentivized me or helped me um, to go and serve my grandma. I served with eagerness because I knew what I would get in return. Second story. When growing up, my siblings and I were signed to do cleaning chores at our own house. Well, guess what? We don't get paid to do our own chores. Our incentives was what my parents always put, was a roof over my head and food on the table to eat. And that's why we should do chores and be thankful for that. So we were given chores, some easier than others, some that took longer than others. Um, and one day I was given a chore that was, was quicker uh, while my younger brother was given a chore that took some effort and, and took some more time. Now, I got done with my chore pretty quick, and my little brother was still having some if, uh, difficulty to finish his chore out. So out of love, I helped him finish his chore out so that we could spend time after that. And out of love, I wanted to serve him well. Now, which one showed service with humility? What was the difference between them? Yes, Joa. The second one, why? Another person, why, what, what was the difference? Why did the second one show humility rather than the first one? Yes, David, right? 
Daniel, sorry, I can't see that. Um, eyes are kind of bad. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Um, the, the difference between the two stories was the first one, I, I served because I knew that it would benefit me later, that I was going to get something out of it. In fact, it wasn't really anything about my grandma, even though I do love my grandma. It was really more about what I could get out of it. The second story was I knew I wasn't going to get anything out of it, but because I love my brother, I'm looking out for his interests more than mine, and I'm going to humble myself, not hold that against him. I'm going to love and serve him well. So yes, that's exactly the difference. Service with humility is serving um, with, while expecting nothing in return. Serving with humility is, expect, is serving while expecting nothing in return. We see this um, example of what it looks like to do this in the person of Jesus Christ. So I, beforehand, had two students voluntold to read certain passages out of John. So if Julia and Pete could come up um, and then read out of 1 John. So if you have your Bible with you, um, please get to 1 John, or not 1 John, the Gospel of John chapter 13. If you don't have a Bible and you would like one, we have some in the back if you want to help pass them out. Mike is going to pass them out. Please raise your hand if you would like a Bible to share with the people around you as we will get that to you. So raise your hand if you want a Bible and get to John chapter 13. John 13, we're going to start in verse 1 and we're going to go all the way to verse 20. All right, John chapter 13, verse 1. So John's in the Gospels. It's the fourth Gospel, so go to the New Testament. Go forward four books, and you should find the book of John. Mike's still passing out books, so if you want a Bible, please raise your hand. If you don't have a Bible, I'll also have the words on the screen. So, John chapter 13, verse 1. Go for it. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot, thank you, son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands that he had come to God and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured the water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I'm, going to do, you, what I'm doing you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, If I don't wash you, you, you will have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who was bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. 
You are clean, but not all of you. For, you, for he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You can call me t teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet and also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If no one know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I'm not speaking about all of you. I know those I have chosen, but this scripture must be fulfilled. The one who eats my bread has raised his heel against me. I am telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen you will believe that I am he truly I tell you whoever receives anyone I send receives me and the one who receives me receives him who sent me give Julian Peter a round of applause alright so they read 20 verses now I'm going to break it down for you real quick and see how this correlates to what we're talking about, how to serve with humility within our families. Okay, so what happened here? We see Jesus, the Lord of Lord, King of Kings, the Son of God, God himself in flesh, doing what? Washing people's feet. Sorry, it's a rhetorical question, Joa. Washing people's feet, which was probably one of the, the lower things to do. Um, I mean, you had servants usually wash your feet. You had you know, poor people that, that worked um, for, for richer people usually watch the guests' feet when they come into a house. But here we have Jesus, the very Son of God, washing the people's feet, washing his disciples' feet. Now this is happening right before he gets uh, crucified on the cross. So this is going to be on Thursday, Friday, he, he gets betrayed. Um, well, Thursday night he gets betrayed, and Friday he gets crucified. Sunday rises again. So right here in, our, in that storyline of the passion, this is right before he gets betrayed by Judas. Okay? Now, he gets down, he washes his feet, and then he explains to them, I have to do this. This, this is something that I want to exhibit to you so you know what to do and how to do it to others later. So what is he exhibiting here? He's exhibiting an action that, hey, I'm symbolizing that I'm here to serve you I'm here to uh, serve you no matter what. I'm here to serve you even if you reject me later on, as we see in the person of Judas. As Jesus said multiple times in that passage, there is one who is not of you. I know my sheep, and even the one who is not of me will eat and drink. And he's talking about Judas. Think about this. He even served and humbled himself to serve those who actually would reject him, to those who betrayed him, basically stab him in the back. And he would do that knowing that that was going to happen. So that's, that's the quick cliff notes, or now spark notes, version of what we just read. Now, so that's the example, and I want to tell you this. Um, it is a beautiful thing when you 
serve somebody without expecting anything else in return. When you lower yourself and you serve them, so Jesus, Lord of Lords, didn't have to do this, right? The disciples were not above Jesus by any means, but he decided to humble himself to serve those. Something cool that I have been able to do and be a part of is every Easter that comes around, um, what is called when you wash feet or the observance of Jesus washing his disciples' feet is called Monday Thursday. So you can go home to your parents about Monday Thursday. That's the day that we usually attribute Jesus' washing of the disciples' feet. Now, my wife and I have decided every year that to not only follow Christ's example, but to remind ourselves of how to serve with humility, we're going to wash each other's feet. So we do this every year, and every year we read this passage as I or her are kneeling down washing the other person's feet in the basin. And yes, that, that's a symbol. It's in remembrance of what Jesus did. But what we do during it is we're also reading the passage we're basically reminding ourselves, hey, just not here and now, but when you're gone, I'm going to serve you, or when we're together, I'm going to serve you with humility, expecting nothing in return. What does this look like? Let me tell you this. Amber really likes a clean kitchen. And when I get home before Amber gets home, you know, one way I can serve her well is to do dishes. Who likes to do dishes in here? Some of us, yes. Some people, yes. The majority, no. It doesn't matter for me. I'll do it sometimes, willingly. But knowing that there's sometimes Amber won't notice if I've actually done dishes. She does a really good job of noticing. But there's going to be sometimes, and I, I don't do it so she notices. I do it because I love her. She's my wife. Something fifth graders coming in, something that you'll know very quickly if you stick around and come to Hype a lot, as I tell a lot of stories about Amber and I, because I want you to know one thing before you leave Hype and graduate in high school is that I love my wife well, to glorify Christ well in that way. That's just a side note and side plug. Um, so, I, and that's an example. I, I'm going to do something to serve someone else without expecting anything else in return, even when I may not like that action. Okay? So, that's easier said than done, right? Because the tendency that I see in not only myself, but a lot of people around me and, and, and students and people in general, and that I know that we all have, is that instead of serving with humility, we tend to have entitlement and pride, and we tend to demand others to serve us. That's the opposite. Instead of serving with humility, the opposite would be for others to serve us because we're entitled to their service. Okay? The tendency, instead of serving others, the temptation is to look out for ways how others can serve us. Instead of considering the needs of others, we so often look out for what can benefit us, what can further our um, comfortability, what can make us feel good. This happens when we try to use something that, uh, we all, uh, that we are given as a gift, something that we are good at. We use that as an advantage over others. We try to use our strength for status. How many times do you see this in school, right? Someone's good at a sport. Let's say it's a middle school boy good at basketball, right? 
and let's say he's strutting down the hall, and instead of helping the, the poor guy next to him whose books have fallen on the floor, he struts on by because he thinks in him, and inside himself he is above the guy who lost his books on the floor because he is such a stud at seventh grade basketball. I say this because this was me in middle school, okay? I was that jock strutting down seventh grade hallway and failing to help others out because I thought I was above them. That is in direct contradiction to what we see in the Gospel of John. We see a story of Jesus who was higher than anyone else and did not use it for his advantage. We see and read about in this story about Jesus that the person we try to glorify in our lives, we read how instead of using his strength for status in society, which he easily could have, he used his strength for service. And here's the truth that we see in this um, story of Jesus, that strength is for service, not for status. Strength is for service, not for status. I read this line in an FCA book, and it changed how I viewed my giftings. I thought that God had given me certain gifts and abilities to separate myself from others around me. Instead, God has given me gifts and abilities to serve and draw myself closer to those around me. So I want you to think, uh, an application, a question is for you to think, what are you good at? What is something that you have a natural ability to do? It could be a sport. Maybe it's reading, though. Maybe it's writing. What is something that you're good at that you can use to help someone around you? What are you good at that you can use to help your siblings at home? We're talking about gospel-based family. We're talking about strength is for service, not for status. And we're trying to really bring this application into our home life as, as we build um, uh, on this series of what it looks like to live out the gospel in our home. So what are you good at that you can use to serve your siblings, to serve your family well? Now, we as Christians are called to follow Christ's example. This is not just something that is an option for us. This is something that um, further on in Philippians, uh, the author, the Apostle Paul, um, expounded on this uh, concept and this idea. And we see this in Philippians chapter 2. And I just want to read this passage real quick. So if your Bible's with you, you can turn to Philippians, New Testament. It's part of the general epistles after the Gospels. If you need a hint, if you're close to Galatians, Colossians, or Ephesians, it's right after that. An acronym that I use is God's Electric Power Company. So it's right before Colossians, but after Ephesians. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 says this. If then there's any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit... If any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. I just want to repeat that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in humility consider others as more important than yourself. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, I want to bring this home because I want to have enough time for small groups. Why is it important that we do this? It's good we understand this. We see different, a couple of different examples in Scripture of why we should serve with humility. But I want to drive this last and final point home. That it is crucial for your witness as a Christ follower that this is exhibited in your life. One way that the world, one way that outsiders will be able to tell if you're a true, a true Christ follower or not is if you are willing to love others in such a way to serve them with humility and not exploiting your gifts or showing pride in how you serve others. Right? Because, what, how, how do you summarize the Bible in two sentences? Someone who comes here to hype consistently that we say often. How to summarize the Bible in two sentences? Landon, yes. Love God and love others. So if we declare that we love God, then out of loving God, we should love others. Loving others includes serving them. Loving others means we love sacrificially, even when it's not easy. So what does this look like in the home, right? So here are some practical ways that we can serve our families with humility. Helping out your parents with younger siblings is number one. How many of you have younger siblings that can be difficult to handle with. That you see your parents just being really frustrated when they don't listen, right? Yes. What an example it would be if you as an older sibling would come alongside your parent towards your younger sibling and be like, hey, what you're doing is not right. Hey, what you're doing does not model what Jesus says in the Bible. Hey, look, why are you doing that? Like, you're, just, you're disobeying mom and dad. Hey, look, let's just go do this. Set the example for the younger sibling. So how do you serve with humility? Instead of acting all high and mighty, instead of being like, well, that's your problem, dude. Like, I'm, I'm better than you in this area. I don't struggle with that. I'll get to your question in a moment. Instead of doing that, why not come alongside your sibling in an awkward situation where they might be getting disciplined and help model that for them? To this day, one of the most influential people in my life, outside of Jesus and outside of my wife, is my older brother, Kyle. Growing up, I wanted to be just like my older brother. In fact, my mom has home videos of this, 
and we would dress the same. And you would see any action that Kyle would do, within five seconds I would be trying to be doing that same action as my older brother. I thought my brother was cool stuff. I thought he was the top dog. If you have younger siblings, recognize that they look up to you. And don't take that as an advantage to exploit them or make them do things that you just want them to do for your own benefit. But come alongside them and model well what it looks like to follow Jesus. That's my first encouragement to you. My first point um, uh, of practical application for you. Second one, when talking about your siblings, play with them when they ask you to. A lot of times, as older siblings, and I'm, I'm primarily talking to older siblings, but this goes for younger siblings as well. If your older siblings ask you to hang out and do something, do it with them. I think in our day and age, we have things that can distract us and that can make us isolated. We call that the screen. I know, I said it, the screen. And a lot of times, we're in our own little world. I think sometimes video games can be great if you can play with one another and you can create relationships and foster that. But when you're just doing it by yourself and you have a younger sibling asking you to play or do something with you, I challenge you, put down the controller. Be willing to engage with them. Because if they're looking up to you and they want to hang out with you and you're a Christ follower, take that time as an opportunity to to model what, what it means to love Christ well in that moment. Even if they are the most difficult brother or sister in the world, and in that moment in time they seem like they're the most annoying, let me tell you this. Five, seven years down the road, they're the ones that are be coming to you for advice about dating. If they're like in high school and you're out of high school. They're the ones that are coming to you with tough situations in life. If you don't believe me, I've seen this happen multiple times when I thought that my younger brother was just the darndest thing growing up. I thought he was the most just annoying person on the planet, and I did not understand why anybody would want to spend time with, with, with him. But let me tell you this. To this day, my younger brother... When something is, is tough going on in his life, he goes to me because, guess what? I spent the time to go outside and play basketball with him, take him to the park and play catch with him, to help him practice to make the 7th and 8th grade baseball team. I took time out of my life to invest in him, to ask him the hard questions, to explain the gospel to him. If you're older and you understand the gospel and you call yourself saved and you have a younger sibling, I hope you realize that you also have a responsibility to share that same gospel with your younger siblings. So take that time to really pour into your younger siblings, when, especially when they ask you to do so. The last thing, um, the, uh, a practical way that we can serve our families with humility is in this way. Doing chores around the house without being told to do them. That's really, really hard. I never liked doing chores around the house. Never. And in fact, I would wait because I knew that my mom had a five count that if I waited until she asked five times, I still had that time until she got to count five, that I actually had to do the chore. I was that kind of a kid growing up, and let me tell you this, 
that it doesn't stop when you leave the house. That, that kind of mentality, knowing that I can wait a little bit until Amber asks me to do the dishes, even though I see them in clear daylight for several days. Do your chores without having asked to do so. It shows that you're willing to put your own interest beneath the interests of others, looking out to help your family in every way possible. To exhibit a Christ-like attitude in keeping the house clean, or maybe it's keeping your room clean, or whatever the chores that you normally have. Because here's, here's another thing, your parents will notice, and not to do this out of for them noticing, but I will tell you this, there's nothing greater than having a parent notice, but then also like be overjoyed that you did something without being asked. And, sh- and just showing that you love them in that way. So those, those would be my three challenges to you out of tonight's lesson is, number one, help your parents with younger siblings when you see a difficult situation happening. Be that model of Jesus to your younger uh, brothers and sisters. Um, play with your siblings, and when you do, seek out opportunities to share the gospel with them, to ask them those awkward questions about, you know, if they know who Jesus is, or how's their life going. Be willing to ask those deep, hard, difficult, awkward questions. And then the third thing is do chores or help around the house without being asked to. Those are all easy. And uh, easy things said rather than done. And we're going to fail in these areas, right? Because there's going to be times like, I'll admit, I'm lazy at times. And I don't want to do the things, right? Yeah, yeah, you understand. Yeah, yeah, you know. Conversations are are hard to do sometimes when you have to, uh, you know, Spend intentional time with a brother or sister and and dig deep, yeah? We're we're not going to do this perfectly, but I would hope that you strive to do them better than, um, better every single day. And and strive to do it in a way that glorifies God, because that's the reason why we're here on earth, right? The sole reason for life is to glorify God. And these are three ways that we can do that. Amen? Make sense? Yes? Devin, you had a question. Yeah. Yeah, so it kind of goes along with this, um, the practical takeaway for number two, or number one. So you have a difficult younger sibling, right? How many of you have difficult younger siblings that you perceive to be difficult younger siblings? Or older, if you're the youngest, yes, if you have older siblings, any sibling, if you think you have a difficult sibling, raise your hand. Yes, I have them as well. Everyone does. You thought about it at one point in time or another in your life. It's okay to acknowledge it. All right, so Devin, to answer your question, how do you deal with a difficult sibling? That's the generalized kind of form of question, right? So we just talked about modeling it for them. So what if they reject your advice right away, right? And they tell you, you know, be quiet. I don't want to do that. Why do I want to do that? Guess what you can do? You can model it for them and make it a consistent pattern in your life 
and if they're younger, and if they look up to you with any form of respect, I don't know if they do or not, but hopefully over time that would gain some respect, you should see a change in their um, attitude towards whatever you were asking them to do. So if you model it for them consistently over and over again, hopefully they'll see that change in attitude. And if you explain to them why you're doing it as well, that you're doing it in a manner to glorify Christ, and you be persistent in telling them why, hopefully they would start to understand that and desire to do that thing as well. Okay? So, challenge yourself to do the thing that you're asking them to do first consistently, and then hopefully they will follow that example. A good leader does what they're telling others to do as well and lead by example. Okay, any other questions before we head off to small groups? No? Yes, Joe? Small groups, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to pray quick, and then I'll explain small groups and where you guys are going, okay? So... Let's pray to close out our lesson. Father God, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the beautiful weather. I know it's a little chilly, but thank you for allowing us to be outside, that we can just um, be able to play games outside, enjoy um, your beauty, and God, and just uh, the nature that just shows off your glory. God, you are the creator. God, we praise you for it. We adore you for it. God, I pray as we talk about how, how to live um, in a way that glorifies you, I pray that we would have the gospel on display in our families. That we strive to love our siblings well, strive to love our parents, strive to love our families holistically. God, I pray that we would serve them with humility, not for our own sake, not for our own gain, but because we love them, because we love you first and foremost. God, when we mess up, when we fail to love others how you have commanded us to love God. I pray that you would cause us to recognize that and that we would repent and that we would turn to you and ask for forgiveness and then seek you to change our hearts so that we can love the way that you've commanded us, the way that you've loved us. God, I pray all this in the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. God, we love you and we serve you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.